Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. Yeah. I let Coach Sumlin, yeah. I let the stoop. The entire first half, we got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money, and all we wanted to do was have pouty expressions on our face. Hello, and welcome to the Around the 12 podcast. My name is Tanner Price, and I'm here with my co host, Greg Hockert. Greg, uh, what an eventful week it has been. It is, we're recording this on August 8th, and we have just had an exciting week slash weekend uh, of college athletics, even though no games were played. Greg, uh, would you give the listeners, I'm sure that they've already, they've already heard what's happened, but give them a, a little rundown on what's been going on the last week, week and a half. The most eventful week in, honestly, Big 12, huh? Yeah, you, you can go out on a limb and say in, in Big 12 history. I mean, we've certainly positive, had positive week. But yeah, yeah, we've had we've had bigger weeks, but on the on the lesser positive side of uh, the realignment spectrum. Um, however, this week, with all of the drama that officially unfolded in the Pac-12, the Big 12 has now uh, got itself three new schools, along obviously still with Colorado, who joined. Um, what would that be? Two weeks ago now. Yes, I, I two, believe two and a so, half weeks. So Colorado's the still kind of on the forefront of this whole thing. They saw the writing on the wall. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later. And they jumped ship early. And then two weeks later, Arizona, Arizona State and Utah all joined the Big 12 after Oregon and Washington announced their departure to the Big 10. That so, was that was the key. That was the key was that it kind of seemed at one point that the Pac-12 was going to stay together because Oregon and Washington, from all media accounts, it sounded like Oregon and Washington were committed to the Pac-12. And then all of a sudden, uh, they weren't. They So I actually think, and now I don't know if this has been confirmed or not, but I think that was just a giant smoke screen mm. that Oregon and Washington had basically sent out. Um, and, and I think it had to do with their negotiations with the big 10. Now they, I don't know if it helped or not. They accepted a half share um, for the remainder of the big 10's contract, which will go out still quite a few more years. Um, but they set themselves up for the future. So they, uh, they, they secured their spot and uh, effectively killed the big 12 or I'm sorry, killed the pack 12. Um, and then the, the remaining three, uh, not remaining three schools, but the um, crap, the uh, four corner schools. There we go. The remaining three four corner schools um, <laughs> then jumped to the Big Twelve. A lot I think. of numbers. Yeah, I think Arizona was the most um, uh, excited, ready to join. They were the ones that Tanner and we we talked about last week, uh, possibly being the fourteenth member. Uh, from all accounts, it seems like Utah was kind of fifty fifty, and from what I've seen, Arizona State did not want to come, um, but ultimately. Their hand was forced. The I know that the board of regents that run uh, Arizona State also run Arizona. So basically, they were going to go together no matter what, no matter if they stayed in the Pac-12, went to the Big Twelve. I mean, if they went to the Big Ten, they were they were going together no matter what. So um, yeah, once you saw once you saw Arizona come, Arizona State was definitely following suit, and then Utah, I think that they were just also in alignment with Arizona schools. Um, and they, they also just didn't want to get left behind. I mean, they made the jump. Uh, what would that be? Uh, 
12 years ago, I guess when Colorado left the Big 12 and went to the Pac-12, Utah made the jump from the Mountain West to the Pac-12 as well. And so they they have been on the on the rise. Utah is an athletics program. They've been moving up from group of five to the Pac-12, and now they've solidified themselves in the Big 12. And so I'm really excited. I think that this is great for the Big 12. Uh, Greg and I, in, in future episodes, we can, we can talk about uh, if there's more teams that we want to add to the Big 12 or if you want to add only basketball schools or whatever, whatever you want to do there. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, Greg, what are your, what are your thoughts on the new face of the, or the new faces in the big 12? I'm glad you asked me that and I'll make this quick. And like you said, we'll talk about this more later, but let's stop. 16 is good. Let's stop. That's my opinion. And I'm not saying permanently, I'm saying for the temporary next year to two let's see how the acc shakes out um let's see what continues to unravel and just the overall landscape of college athletics just like this is one of the most fast changing businesses in the country i mean we've gone from pre-covid to a very strict transfer uh a very strict transfer market to you know a completely fluid transfer portal basically free agency We've gone from, you know, we're going to suspend a player if they go get a dinner with a booster and it gets paid for to, you know, players can make free market. They can make however much their their name is worth. Um, and then the same has gone, you know, same way with TV contracts and, and, and schools. So I'd like to wait and see how it shakes out. I think the Big 12 has firmly established itself as, as, as number three, which is where you wanted to be. Pac-12 is dead. Um, I mean, who knows what they'll do? Maybe merge with the Mountain West. Maybe the other four schools will jump ship somewhere else. We'll see. Um, and then the ACC is kind of in shambles right now, too, with Florida State trying to get out of their grant to rights deal. Um, so it, it's definitely a very fast changing landscape. I love what the Big 12 did. We got in at the right time. Now let's like just step back and watch the chaos for once. Let's not be involved in the in the thick of the realignment stuff. I'm 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 ready to be. In football season, let's settle it on the field. Utah fans think they're going to come in and run the Big 12. I absolutely cannot wait for that to well, – I don't think it's going to happen. But I cannot wait for them to get into the Big 12 because I love just like the the smack talk. Let's get back to like football and basketball and 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 not this my school makes more money than yours. Like I, it's just – it's not what college sports were meant to be. Us as fans, Tanner, how much money are you going to see of this Big 12 contract come into your bank account? None. Yeah. So I'm like, you can flaunt your school's TV contract all you want, but you're not going to see any of it. Now, now you may see some of the consequences of it, but I just can't wait to get back to on the field to play football. I can't wait. End of rant. Sorry. That was, yeah, I was going to say now all of our listeners know exactly how Greg feels. Um, You did not sway me. I, I see where you're coming from on the let's wait and see what happens, but we've waited and saw what happens before, and that left us in a very precarious situation. Now, I'm not going to say that uh, the Big Big Ten or the SEC are going to come poaching Big 12 schools, but I do think uh, it's ultimately going to be three conferences of 20 schools. So um, I would like to be the first ones to invite Florida State, Miami, uh uh shoot i'll even say virginia tech you could talk me into north carolina and duke as well but um 
I'm not really oh, sure. Big time. Big how, time. I mean, basketball, yeah. Football, eh. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see what plays out. Greg and I don't make those decisions, although I think that we would make pretty good decisions if we were commissioners. Maybe not. Um, but um, yeah, so we we have a little something special for our listeners. Um, you know, when we heard that Colorado was coming back to the Big 12, we we wanted to get a guest on as soon as we could. We reached out to a podcast, uh, a group of guys that started this podcast. They are um, University of Colorado alums. They are former student section leaders. Um, and so we are excited to have the Folsom Frenzy podcast join us today. Uh, that's why Greg and I aren't really diving too deep into the Arizona, Arizona State and Utah uh, stuff, but we are really, really excited to have them on the podcast today. And yeah, Greg, you got anything else before we before we hop into the interview? Just a huge thanks to the Folsom guys for uh, in advance, I guess you could say, for coming on. Uh, we're super excited uh, for the for the interview and excited to talk uh, about Colorado being back where they belong. Exactly. All right. Well, we will jump into the interview now, and we hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We will see you next week uh, when we talk more in depth about realignment. And here we are with the Folsom Frenzy podcast, guys. Uh, we are very pleased to be joined by Chase and Sam. Um, would you guys Would you guys mind going into into depth a little bit about your guys' podcast and what you guys do and how you guys started that? You can go ahead, Chase. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having us on, guys. I'm pretty excited to be back in the Big 12. For those that are kind of familiar with us, we were a bunch of CU fans. We were kind of the people that led the student section group through the absolute dark ages of Colorado football, um, being basically every year since 2007 or so. Um, so that's kind of how we met. We did a bunch of kind of stuff with marketing and a bunch of stuff without marketing, um, including like card stunts, stuff like that. And so we were all huge CU fans. We're kind of getting energized about what was happening with Colorado football with with the rumors of Coach Prime coming in. And so we decided to start a podcast. We thought, you know, who knows, maybe uh, five or six people, including our grandparents, will listen to the podcast. And turns out Colorado football's got some buzz around it. So we were excited to kind of build a following. And, um, you know, the other component coming back into the Big 12, um, definitely an exciting time. I, I would say Colorado's probably had the most interesting offseason a team has ever had, at least in my recent memory for a single team um, between having probably, you know, the most notorious coaching hire, maybe not the best one, but definitely the one that people have talked about the most. And then watching our conference completely implode. Um, and then, you know, fortunately for us, I think Colorado, Colorado fans, I think, especially us that have been fans for a long time would say that the big 12 is our, our better cultural fit. And so we're excited to kind of be going back home to, you know, the, the schools that we were used to playing, the schools where we were able to find some success against. Um, as so, you know, not as rough of a transition, but between those two things, it's been a, a crazy ride as far as the podcast is concerned. And we're, we're really excited to be on. Yeah. As Colorado fans, we've been through hell and back and then back through hell. And hopefully we're coming back to reality soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, oh man, it's kind of like uh, for those who have watched Stranger Things, you're going to the upside down and then coming back to normal reality. It's, uh, I mean, I, our list, our listeners, know that i'm from colorado and so i'm just like i'm so stoked um and now it's i think it's i was telling chase this before we hopped on but 
Um, I think it's going to be easier for me to be less biased towards Oklahoma State because now we have another love of mine. So maybe I'll be be even more biased, but I'm just all I know is that I'm so, so excited to have CU. And also we'll get to it later in the interview, but uh, the rest of the four corner schools coming coming along with you guys. Um, Yeah. So. Chase, you kind of you kind of already answered my first question, but uh, maybe, Sam, you could go with this. Uh, how excited are you? Did you see this coming? I know that there was a lot of rumors for like the past couple six months. Um, yeah. What are your initial reactions to coming back to the Big 12? Oh, man, I was so pumped. I was pumped. I was relieved. I mean, something we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, just kind of kind of seeing the smoke and realizing that we are going to have to get out of this conference or else we are going to get left behind. Um, and you can see that now with Washington state and um, Oregon state, like they're left behind they, They're It's going to be really hard for them to find a home in a powerful conference. And that easily could have been Colorado if we didn't move. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to go see like the big crowds, like create, like seriously crazy fans. Like if you went to like a CU Stanford game, like, there's no crazy Stanford fans. Like there's no crazy Cal fans really. Like there's so like, there's so many like, environments that you go play in and it's just like meh but i feel like everywhere in the big 12 like people are going to be crazy they're going to be yelling they're going to be screaming and i just think like playing in those environments playing on tv networks that people can actually access um is just going to make see like being a cu fan like i'm crossing my fingers enjoyable again (laughs) yeah I, i think uh i'm definitely pumped to have to have cu back i know that um most most big 12 fans were rooting for CU to be back I was pumped that they were the first team that announced too and I think that was a really big deal um that CU kind of saw the writing on the wall um I, I mean I'm not familiar with the with the president's name and your and your leadership out there but like they saw the writing on the wall and they jumped when they did um and I know a lot of that had to do with Brett Yormark giving them a deadline um but I, I thought it was a great decision and then obviously um the Pac-12 kind of crumbled the following two weeks. So um, we got y'all's reactions. Chase, what would you say is the excitement level of the fan base? Like, is it kind of 50, 50? Is it maybe like, is it all like full in, like ready for the big 12? Or is it just like with, with maybe more so the excitement, like with the on the field stuff with, with the, with the hiring of, of Deion Sanders? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I thought a lot of Colorado fans and like the, the, the fans that are more established, right? Maybe not the fans that, are kind of casual fans, but I thought diehard fans would be unanimously excited about the big 12. And that actually hasn't necessarily been true. I've seen a lot of people that are kind of apprehensive about moving conferences. Um, And part of that argument is that, you know, California is where a lot of our students come from. Um, Anyone that's been on the CU campus, it feels like, you know, 90% of the kids there are from California, including Sam, who's on this podcast with me today. Uh, And so I think, you know, people always talk about the cultural fit. I think um, I think it's way overhyped, but people talk about how, you know, the Pac-12 is supposed to be this academic powerhouse conference and how Colorado's gotten a lot of funding and stuff like that out of the conference. I don't necessarily know if that's just, you know, Colorado's been making the right investments as far as like aerospace and those kinds of programs are concerned, but, you know, a lot of stuff to do with that. So definitely some people that have been kind of apprehensive, um, but I think, for the majority, a lot of people are really excited about the Big 12. Um, a lot of people, you know, that maybe don't understand as much are just excited to see teams that they used to see play. Um, but generally, I'd say people are really excited. Um, obviously, people are stoked about Deion Sanders for however long he decides to stay at Colorado. 
Um, so a lot of people are just really excited about the program. And you can see that right through the ticket sales. You can see that through the Instagram followers. Colorado almost, I think, 5Xing their Instagram followers um, in the past off season. So a lot of excitement around the program. I think the Big 12 stuff, you know, is maybe a little bit too far out for people to really um, grasp in a lot of ways as well. But um, just a lot of excitement generally. Yeah, I would like to say for the I would like to say for the record, the main reason why I went to see you was because it was a Pac-12 school. Really, really? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that it has anything to do with it, Chase. Uh, I'll I'll push back on that. I don't think any. I don't. I feel like people don't care about conferences when they're picking schools, but that's a, but people also bring up that point with like recruiting. They're like, oh, like CU can't is not gonna be able to recruit California because they're not in the Pac-12 anymore. And then if you look at CU's like national championship winning team in 1990, where are all the players from? Where's um, like Eric Bieniemy from? Like, they're from LA. Um, unless I just said that stat wrong and then I'm going to get flamed by everybody who looks up where Eric Bieniemy's from. But they're, they, they recruited heavily from like downtown LA and they, they were in the big eight. So like, I, I feel like like some people are pushing back against the move. Like it's just over overreactions on that side for me. Do you guys think that some of it has to do with with the overall perception of the Big 12? And that's changed over the years. But two summers ago when Texas and, and OU announced they were moving on to the SEC, I mean, the the Big 12s and, the, and their fans, our knee-jerk reaction, and then me as an Oklahoma State fan even, was like, let's get out as soon as possible because this is not a conference without those two teams. And then Brett Yormark did a great job, calmed the storm, brought in, you know, the four new additions. Um, and then since then, we've kind of seen, you know, they locked in their new media deal. Uh, and then the the dominoes have continued to fall after that. But now with you guys as Colorado fans, being outside of the Big 12 for what's it been, 13, 14-ish years now, what 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 is the perception of the Big 12? And why do you guys think, you know, some of the on-field success has been overlooked. Is it the truck stop conference? Is it flyover country? Like, like Oklahoma state, TCU, Kansas state, like those are, you know, fairly elite college football teams that uh, seemingly get overlooked. So what do you, what do you guys think it is after, you know, getting a different perception of being in the PAC 12 for the last uh, almost 15 years? Yeah, I, th I think I'll take that. I think part of it, I, I, we've always been Big 12 fans, I think partially because, you know, of the the former affiliation and kept an eye on it. I think the perception of the Pac-12 is that the Big 12 was a, a kind of a league, especially without Texas and OU, a league that was not going to have really any major brands. And that's not to say that, you know, Oklahoma State's not a major brand, but we're talking about like brands that are all over TV, right? Like you can't go anywhere watching college football and not see Oregon up there or USC or you, to a lesser extent, UCLA. So I think that was part of the concern. I still remember, you know, after the big 12, the, the OU um, UT announcement was made, you know, the PAC 12 obviously completely messed that up. But at the time they, you know, they probably could have taken their choice of whoever they wanted of the remaining big 12 members. Right. And, and the whole debate was, who can we add without diluting value? And, and part of the problem was that we had this huge brand USC that was in a lot of ways. So Colorado leaves the Big 12 partially, you know, not only because they wanted to get out before um, the potential collapse back then even, but because UT absolutely dominated the conference and was just terrible to be a conference member with, right? They bring in a ton of money. They're a huge brand. Um, I think still the largest brand in college football, but 
they were just horrible conference mates, right? And, and to a lesser extent, but still true, USC was the same way, right? USC notoriously voting down any big 12 expansion candidates. Um, and it was kind of, you know, the, the perception, at least I think, is that whatever USC said. So I think the the general perception of the big 12 is, yeah, it's in, it's in flyover country. They call it the truck stop conference. Um, but I think more and more people are probably looking at this new big 12 with these new teams coming in. I think BYU is a super exciting ad. Cincinnati was very good recently. Um, UCF is one of the largest universities in the country and is super fun, if nothing else, um, even if, and this might make some of your fans upset, but even if they claim a fake national championship, um, you know, at least you've heard of them. Right. And so I think the big 12 has kind of gone from this like team, this conference without any, you know, future with a bunch of like brands that maybe can't, can't hold out on their own to this really exciting league, I think, where people are looking at it and going, wow, like, you know, even my Big Ten friends that I talk to all the time are like, this is a conference that could be won by literally anyone. Like, I really do think this is a wide open conference, just looking at the teams. And you're obviously going to have some favorites, but, you know, you don't have a conference like with Texas and Oklahoma where, it was, you know, there's a pretty good chance one of those two teams was going to win the, the conference. So I think the new perception is that this is a really fun conference. The basketball is going to be insane in this conference, um, you know, but maybe it's it's not you know as academic you know losing stanford right in a conference stanford was kind of the bellwether of academics right cal ucla those kinds of schools and so i think you could get pompous about those kinds of things but at the end of the day the number one thing for conference affiliation is athletics right like you can you can kid yourself all you want but it's all about the athletics and i think the big 12 is going to be more fun athletically and the fan bases are way more engaged right i i can't even imagine a pac-12 podcast existing right because the only schools that care have left and had left a long time ago. So I, I don't know. I think it's it's an interesting conference. I think it's really exciting. That's my take. Sam, did you have anything you want to add? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was just looking at this thing saying like the possible divisions, like a division with BYU, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Texas Tech, and like two tech, two other schools. Like that's a school. That's a division. You can't pick a winner. Like that's going to be every game is going to be close. Every game is going to be exciting. Like what you're talking about USC, like you could just mark that down every single year on CU's calendar as a loss. Well, you could, because they never beat USC ever and probably now never will. Um, so just exciting to play these new teams. Um, and really, it's like, I think it's the only, like, it's going to be like the only, like, full country conference almost, right? I think it's, it, like, it's going, to, if it works, if, it's, if the games are good, like, they will have games on all day long with the Big 12 logo on it. I think it could be really, really good for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like I like you guys said, it is exciting to see what's going to happen. I think that UCF and Utah being the most like forward on social media, like their fans are just unbearable. But it also brings something exciting to the table. Like although UCF, yeah, sure, they have Gus Malzahn as their head coach, formal, former national championship winner uh, at Alabama. Like they they don't they don't have this. Uh, crazy history of football, sure, national championship, whatever. But it's exciting that their fans are just being the most ridiculous people online. Same kind of same thing with Utah. There's a there's a lot of apologies from Utah fans and also some Utah fans who still think that they're going to come in and run everything. Um, but my my next question to you guys is: What do you think? This is just a speculative question for this upcoming year because uh, all four schools that are leaving the Pac-12 to come to the Big 12 still have another year in the conference. What what what's that going to be like? Um yeah, I just I'm just interested interested to see what the vibe is going to be like. Give us your thoughts, Sam. 
Yeah, I mean, first, going back to UCF real quick, I think we all need to applaud UCF for giving us, uh, giving Nebraska Scott Frost as a head coach. <laughs> that, that gave me many, many, many good moments. So quick shout out to Scott Frost. Um, I think it's going to be maybe like if you're with a longtime girlfriend in high school and you guys break up right before the prom but still agree to go together. You know, like it's like you guys have known each other for long enough that it's probably it's probably like going to go OK. But there's like the slow dance is going to be awkward. You know, like it's going to be it's going to be a good time. I think like there's not much hate in the Pac-12. Like every kind of gets along with each other, at least. It's weird. Like there's no rival. Like we talk about having a rivalry with Utah. Like we don't hate Utah. Right, Chase? Do we hate Utah? We do not. No, no. And Utah doesn't hate us. Like there's no like like. It's just going to be like, ah, uh, like, see you when we see you. Like, if there are real rivalries and it was like the last time we're going to play someone, I think it would be like really intense. But like, I don't, I don't think it's going to be, might be a little awkward, but I don't think it's going to be that like toxic. And, and I just want to follow up on that real quick. I actually think it's going to be kind of sad because it's not like, it's not like OU and UT leaving where everyone hates them or even, you know, USC had announced last year, right? In, in UCLA. So everyone wanted them to lose. Um, every game and I you know I still want them to lose every game but I think in a lot of ways if you're just a casual fan of college football even if you're a big 12 fan I know the hateful eight really wanted to see the Pac-12 die so maybe the this podcast audience is not the people that are going to feel sad but I think if you're truly just a fan of the game it's going to be kind of sad to see this really storied conference you know kind of doing its its swan song last dance Um, so I I personally think that's going to be kind of a, a you know interesting dynamic of you know, this is probably the last time, or it's, it's quite likely the last time that Colorado will ever play, you know, Washington State or or Oregon State. Like, who knows? That could, I mean, it could be 50 years before we ever play them again. So, and, and now that I said that, of course, they're going to end up adding Oregon State like two weeks from now to the Big 12. Yeah. But it, it's it's one of those things where I, I think that's going to be kind of a kind of a bummer. And, um, you know, I, I I did not enjoy the Pac-12. It was not good for Colorado, but I respect the, the excuse me, not the Big 12, the Pac-12. <laughs> I respect the Pac-12. And... Um, it's it's sad to see it die, um, even though, you know, it, it's entirely the Pac-12's fault. Yeah. A salute to the Conference of Champions. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, Sam and, and Chase, you brought this up too, but uh, it's just the complete opposite in the Big 12. Like, obviously, there's a lot, there's a, it, one of the biggest games this year is going to be Bedlam. Like, it's the last Bedlam for the foreseeable future. But every team in the Big 12 wants a piece of OU in Texas before they leave. Like every, every school wants to play them. The uh, part of it's part of it's the brand part of it's because they're on the way out the door, but like every single road game that OU and Texas play is going to be sold out. It'll probably be in a primetime TV slot and whatever student section is at that school is, is going to be nuts. Uh, and so that's just kind of how we're seeing OU and UT out. Obviously I hope that neither of them win the league this year, because they'll hold that over our heads for the next however many years. Um, but it's just interesting how, and it's different because Chase, like you said, the Pac-12, this is kind of like the final dance, last hurrah. Um, me personally, I, I, you know, I was a little spiteful that they overlooked the hateful eight, um, but I didn't really want to see it die. I'm a huge fan of regional conferences. This is a whole other topic. And, and Tanner and I have talked about this extensively, but the old big 12 is like, that's my favorite. And you can say what you want about UT, and I agree they're like the worst team to like be in a conference with, and that like they make all the decisions, um, and, and no one else benefits from it. But it was a fun, fun league, and I think if it was around today, it would be even more fun. 
Um, but I guess kind of going off of that, you know, taking out OU and UT, um, a lot of the you know big troll schools you guys were used to playing, you know, I think, what is it, maybe six or seven teams are, are, are left out of those. Uh, who are you guys looking forward most to playing again, whether it be visiting the town or, or the team in and of itself? So I can, I can go first. I think for me, I I've been to, to Kansas's campus. I actually very nearly went to Kansas for undergrad. And so I think, um, you know, people talk, talk trash about Kansas all the time. I think Lawrence is awesome. I think it's got a great bar scene. Um, I think it's super fun to visit and relatively close to Kansas city. So pretty easy to get to. So I think for me, it's probably Kansas with a, um, you know, special in my heart feeling towards um, Iowa state, just because back when Colorado left, Iowa state was not particularly good. And so watching them kind of rise while we've been gone in the big 12 under Matt Campbell has been really exciting. So I've been cheering for him this whole time. And now I feel like I'm supposed to hate them again. Um, so kind of between those two schools, I think those are the ones I'm most excited to play again. Yeah, I was I was gonna pick Kansas because we went we went to Lawrence for uh, the CU Kansas basketball game and it was insane. Um, and I get don't even know this counts, but I'm gonna pick TCU because I I know they're not Big Twelve when we were there, um, but I I just want to beat them so bad. We have like four, there's former CU players that went to TCU that just talk so much trash on Twitter about CU, and I just want them to go home and cry to their keyboard after we beat them down. There's nothing I, I want to see more. I love that. I also at me, at, at me Mark Perry. <laughs> I I love I actually love the Kansas take because especially for basketball because Coach Tad Boyle, uh, very very long tenured CU coach, played at Kansas. Like that's that not only is that a big deal um, for historical Big Twelve uh, lovers, but also for Tad himself. Going like being able to go back and coach against Kansas is going to be a big deal for him, and I think that's going to be a big deal for uh, the Big Twelve in general. Um, but so let's see, we got Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State. What we're at we're at sixteen. Some think some, aka Greg, think that the Big Twelve should be capped now. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? Should we add more schools? Should we add more schools for basketball only? Um, I yeah, Sam, you want to go first on this one? Yeah, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier. I I personally want to add Cal so we can beat someone in football for like for sure every year. Um, but without that, I mean, I think it's good the way it is. Like, because you're gonna have to add two more, and I can't think of the top of my head like any other schools that you could put. I don't. You don't want Washington State, and I don't think you really want Oregon State either. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's fine the way it is. What do you think, Chase? For, for me, I think it's a no brainer. Um, and I probably am aligned with Greg on this one. I think there's no reason to add right now. The, the big 12 has secured its future. They added the four corner schools. This conference is safe. It's going to be the number three conference. I think it's going to be really interesting. I, you know, I just read today that the ACC is talking to Stanford and Cal, and if they're able to do that and maybe save the ACC, that's unfortunate because, you know, assuming the ACC falls apart, I'd really like the Big 12 to save those last four spots for kind of the, if we're being honest, the the last picks of the ACC. But those are still going to be kind of fun schools to add that will really help, I think, round out the the East Coast, right? Because right now the Big 12, while it does kind of go coast to coast, there, you know, if you kind of look at the map, Cincinnati, West Virginia, UCF are kind of out there on an island. So, 
you know, picking up, I just moved to Atlanta. Uh, if we could pick up Georgia Tech, that'd be the best day of my life. Um, but I think you need to kind of wait and see what happens to the ACC. I don't think Washington State is going anywhere. I don't think Oregon State is going anywhere. If you wanted to add them, you could add them on a drop of a hat. Um, that's terrible. They're great fans. I want nothing but the best for them. But if we're just being honest, um, they're on the outside looking in. So there's there's really no rush to that. Um, the other one I've seen float around is San Diego State. I think that's a super interesting ad just because the California market could be pretty legit. Um, and that would definitely, you know, secure the the four time zones. It kind of makes sense geographically. It gives you a chance to put your flag in Southern California. But uh, I, I agree with Greg. I think patience is a virtue. Um, I think the Big 12 should maybe be a little bit patient, um, even if ESPN really wants to get back into that Pacific time zone somehow. Yeah, Chase, I uh, you basically repeated word for word. Tanner and I recorded a little uh, an, an intro before you guys jumped on with us. And, and that was basically my sentiment was, I think you're, you're secure with 16. You firmly, um, and, and anyone that, that wants to debate this is, is, is frankly just wrong. You firmly establish yourself as the, as the number three conference, uh, both in, in uh, monetary value, our, our TV deals better than the ACC's is currently, um, and, and on the field. And I'm a, I've got my Big 12 glasses on, um, but, but Tanner and I will sit here and, and make an argument here in, in two or three months that we're better than the Big 10 on the field, top to bottom excluding Ohio State and Michigan and, you know, the, the top two teams in that league. But top to bottom, I think the Big 12 is is um, one of the best uh, football conferences in the country outside of the SEC. So um, I would love to wait and see what happens with the ACC. That, that, that's, that's my take. I'm not – I think the basketball only is intriguing. I just don't know if it has a big enough market. College basketball has kind of lost its value outside of March Madness in the last, like, 10 to 15 years with – the one and done's the G league and, and all that stuff. So I just don't know how I feel about the basketball only ads. And just to follow up on that really quickly, I, I agree as far as the, the basketball only, because even if you don't add Gonzaga or San Diego state or UConn, big 12 is still far and away the best basketball conference in college, college sports by, by a lot, even without those three schools. So, you know, maybe the rich could get richer with the basketball, but to your point, why would you dilute payouts or, or, or risk diluting pay, payouts? when you're already number one, Um, you know, I I agree. Yeah. I don't think you guys are going to sway me. I still think that it's, it's not necessarily the first to 20 because the big 10 is already at 18 schools. Um, But I think if you act sooner than later, you could potentially get the top of the line ACC schools. Um, Now, how feasible is that? I don't know. Am I dreaming big? Yes. I don't, I don't think that'll actually happen. Um, and with all that being said, I am content. I'm not I'm not going to be gluttonous here. Chase, like you said, patience is a virtue. I think, I think that that's fair right now, but I do see it ultimately going three conferences at 20 schools apiece and the best, the best will win, I guess, and get the most money, which that sucks. That's what college athletics has come to now, but I'll get, I'll get off my soap soapbox there. Um, so you guys kind of mentioned it. Uh, you guys kind of mentioned it before with Dion and all of the all of the excitement that he's brought to the program, not only to the program, but honestly, just to the university as a whole. Um, do you guys think that, and I know we kind of uh, cast off the recruitment talk before, but do you think coming back to the Big 12 with a presence in Texas and Florida um, and Dion's presence in Texas and Florida as well, do you think that that will increase your guys' CU's 
uh, ability to recruit those areas or what are your guys' thoughts on that? I'd love to love to hear the recruiting thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it can only help um, like being able to go, like, especially if CU is good, if CU is or not, okay. I'm shooting for the moon. If CU is competent as a football program and can go in and like play at UCF and hold their own and maybe win and show like kids there that might be at the game. Like, Oh, this is a real football school. This isn't the team that was historically like the worst college football team in the history of all mankind. Like they were last year, or if they go down in Texas and prove that they're a tough team to play, that they're like a school that you might want to go to. I think they can only, they can only help. Cause I feel like a lot of people didn't watch CU if they're playing on the West coast. Like if you're a kid in Texas, but like, you're not going to watch stay, stay up like two extra hours to watch CU play at Cal. Um, I almost wouldn't even do that. And I'm a CU fan. Um, but yeah, I think it can only help. And I think it will help, especially, especially with coach prime. I'm scared if coach prime leaves what, where that kind of leaves us. I hope he can build something up that is sustainable, but in a short term with coach prime here, I think it only helps to be in Texas and Florida as a conference. Yeah, I agree. Having, having UCF in Florida is such a nice foothold. I think, that's UCF's biggest ad is the fact that it, it establishes the Big 12 in Florida, regardless of what happens to the ACC. And then, you know, I think the other argument is Texas has, what, seven FBS schools, um, five of which are coming into the Big 12 or, or will be in the Big 12 this year. And so you talk about, you know, the state of Texas, people probably think of UT and, and Texas A&M. But if you're a recruit that wants to play in front of your family in the state of Texas, you're going to the Big 12 because you're going to have five different schools that you could be visiting, right? Where, where you're local to home. I think, you know, having that Texas connection, that's where Colorado has been successful historically in the past. Um, I, I think it's huge for recruiting. I think California kids are kind of screwed, right? If you either join the big 10 and you're flying out to Piscataway and New Jersey every week. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess that's kind of their, their new game plan. Um, have fun at, at Rutgers, I suppose, but uh, it, it's interesting, right? Like, I think it's going to really help Colorado in the big 12. I think the big 12 is going to be, a pretty easy recruiting ground. Um, and the big 12s in the States that care about football other than the Southeast, right? Like central America loves football. It's great recruiting. Ohio is really underrated in recruiting. Getting Cincinnati is not a small thing there. Um, so I, I think that's going to help. Colorado's never really recruited Ohio, but who knows? It's never too late. So yeah. Um, central, definitely central, exciting. central America. Yeah. We can, we go after El Salvador to get their back. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard Honduras has some great left guards. And coach Prime is not hard to find. Yeah, I think the I, I'm just it's so funny the the jokes and the memes that came out when USC and UCLA left left last summer of uh, with Lincoln Riley and and him kind of leaving OU the way he did and then oh now you got to join the Big Ten have fun uh, have fun at those November night games in in Michigan uh, with two feet of snow on the ground like that's just the California kids are in for a, a, a rude awakening um, but I guess just to finish it off guys um, and, and Chase you can go first then Sam will let you finish up. Uh, so Tanner and I are big, we're big over under guys. We love to talk, you know, sports betting lines and, and just kind of get a feel for what the other is thinking. Colorado's win total set at three and a half. Give me your thoughts. Are we going over under what's your win expectation this year? Chase, I'll let you go first. All right. So last year I bet one unit on Colorado money line every game. And I was net even after they went one and 11, thanks to the Cal game. So, uh, all I'm saying is my money has been where my mouth is. Um, I have absolutely hammered the Colorado over. Um, I think for me, it's going to come down to, we have a lot more talent and I think people are going to be kind of surprised by how talented this team is on paper. 
I think we are razor thin. So Colorado needs to pick up those wins early in the season to get that over. I, I am not one of the fans that thinks we're going to win eight games this year. Um, we're definitely biased, but I think three and a half, especially when you have cupcake schools like the University of Nebraska or Colorado State on your schedule, um, that should be a pretty easy three and a half over, in my opinion, so long as the team does not get injured. If Shadur Sanders goes down, our quarterback, or Travis Hunter goes down, the, the season's over. You can go ahead and throw that bet away, but go ahead and give me the over. Who who's am I am I playing with my own money? <laughs> that is that what we're going off of? Oh shoot, three and uh, I'll take the over. I'd be so oh, it would be such a disappointment if they won three games. I think they I think they've they've got to win four. I, I try I gotta try for my for my trust in Coach Prime that he's gonna get those boys ready and that the talent comes through and that they can win at least four games. But it's not going to be more than that, I don't think. I think it's going to be four or five this year, build on it, and then have a strong year the next the next one. But yeah, two yeah. easy cupcakes against Nebraska and CSU. Those are I was cool. going to say you guys are going to be you guys are going to be halfway there through the non con so you'll be you'll be all right. Um, yeah, I gosh, I can't wait for that CU Nebraska game. It's going to be so much fun. Oh boy. Well, thanks guys for coming on. We we really appreciate your time. We will. Be sure. I mean, I'm sure we'll definitely be interacting on the socials. Um, actually, yeah, you guys want to plug that really quick. Whichever one of you guys wants to plug your Twitter and Instagram or whatever you guys have. Yeah, if you guys want to give us a follow, uh, we're the at Folsom Frenzy Podcast. Um, pretty new to the game, still building a following. And if you could follow us on Instagram as well, we're trying to figure that one out as well. Yeah, same. Posting on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, is a lot easier than Instagram. I'll say that. Um, yeah, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, and thanks to our listeners. I know we've been going a little bit longer than we normally do, but that is okay. If you guys would not mind following us at around the underscore 12 on Twitter and Instagram, I am upset at the person who stole around the 12 just in general. But if you guys have any questions for um, for the Folsom Frenzy guys, definitely tweet at them or tweet at us and we can we can work that through through the channels. But um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for joining us. We thank you. We love you. Goodbye. <laughs>